You are listening to New England Dirt and Mountain Bike Radio. All right. Well, welcome to the fourth episode of New England Dirt, the show that takes an in-depth look at all the things riding bikes on dirt here in New England. I'm your host, Mountain Bike Ben. Okay, so today I'm sitting at the base of one of New England's greatest downhill mountain bike destinations, Highland Mountain Bike Park, right here in Northfield, New Hampshire. Now, you should know, listeners, just there is a unique thing here about Highland Mountain Bike Park. It is, to, to my knowledge, the only dedicated lift access mountain bike park in the country. That means that they have chairlifts just like at a ski area, but they don't operate any other business like skiing in the winter. It's, it's literally all about the bike here. And with me to talk more about Highland Mountain Bike Park is none other than Mark Hayes, founder and owner of Highland. Mark, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome, Ben. It's uh, it's cool because I, as listeners, as as you might know, you know, hearing the other episodes, I work in the ski industry. That's my nine to five. Um, although it's far from being a nine to five. <laughs> I know that feeling well. <laughs> the uh, the addition of mountain biking, downhill mountain biking, to the ski industry has been you know really prolific the the past several years, and and ski and ski areas are are adding downhill mountain biking left and right. Um, but a lot of the times they are setting up a mountain bike operation. It runs for a couple months, then they tear it all down and get ready for the ski season. What's unique here at Highland is that you guys just run mountain biking. So you have all of these great trails and all of these great features and everything that you don't have to tear down at the end of the year. You actually keep it going. And you you start dabbling into, into snow fat biking last year, so it's cool. I mean, you have, and, and, and Mark, you and I actually met skiing last year and, and kind of got to know each other a little bit on the ski side and, you know, now have, uh, have worked a little bit here at, at the park, but you've got something pretty cool going on here and it's, it's unique and, uh, it's fun. Well, thanks Ben. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it, it is, it is fun. It's, it's, it's been a lot of work for me and it's been work that I enjoy doing. It's a, it's a tremendous challenge. I mean, we've got this 200, basically 220 acres of, of, of dirt, and we've got to keep it interesting for a lot of different user groups. So I think one of the things, as I, as I mentioned, a lot of ski areas now are trying to add downhill mountain biking as an off-season sport. But this isn't not this isn't this is nothing new to the ski industry because I remember in the '90s there were ski industry, ski areas that are like oh we've got lifts let's turn them on and let people hop on with their bikes and you know in the summertime and I mean quite frankly it sucked I remember going to a couple of different places and it was riding down fire roads bikes weren't where they near you know nearly as capable as they are today you had hardtails um, candy lever brakes. I mean, it was just, you, you name it. It was not a fun experience. And then you're riding down this fire road with huge water bars and, you know, lo and behold, collarbones were breaking left and right. Now it has changed substantially. And I think that as I look back on downhill mountain biking, especially gravity fed lift access, downhill mountain biking, you've kind of been instrumental, not only in new England, but I think, you know, even beyond that with what you've done here at Highland. So, I really want to know what inspired you to start Highland. When did you start this place? Why did you start this place? I mean, t- bring us through that storyline for the listeners here. Because this place, like I said, if you've never been here, you're you're missing out. This is a, a really cool place to come to and kind of experience a whole different style of riding. So for me, it it started. It starts with a passion. 
this isn't a business that I got into and said, hey, I, I think I can make a tremendous amount of money. This is not a business that I thought I could be Bill Gates. Yeah, sure. This is a business still. It has to be profitable because it is a business. Right. Um, but it, it started with a passion. I like riding my bike. And to get to a point where I could actually afford a mountain, my previous life, I owned a high-tech business. Okay. I owned it with my family. My partner was my father, my sister, and another guy who was not related. The four of us, essentially, long story short, built this company from the 80s and sold it at the exact right time to be selling a high-tech company in 2000. So by 2000... I had been racing. I had raced cross country in the '90s. Okay, and then all of a sudden, along comes free ride mountain biking. Sure, yeah. And the group of friends that I rode cross country with, you know, we had spandex pants and and hardtail bikes, and all of a sudden, there's these people out in the woods with these bikes, and I and I remember, I remember these guys going by at one of our ride spots. They had Santa Cruz bullets. They had <laughs> they had tires. Oh man, they were probably uh, two point five, and you know, two point five tires, and and I'm used to which riding were, like which were huge back then, huge back then. And and I looked at my buddies and I said, guys, those are the bikes we need right there. So that forever changed my sort of attitude about the look and feel that I wanted in mountain biking. Yeah. Okay. So that's pro- that was probably right around the uh, mid nineties, ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere around there, maybe ninety eight. And, and, uh, I started uh, a couple friends convinced me to start racing downhill. Oh, cool. I, okay. I was, I was always the guy that said, why would you want to take a chairlift to the top of a mountain? So when you just mentioned these mountains that had chairlifts, which right. a lot of them, a lot of them did and people were getting hurt and all that stuff. I just wanted to work for it. I wanted to pedal up. And so you're all about earning your turns, earning the turns. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha, just yeah. like in skiing, yeah, you're yep. hiking, just ride to the top and come on down. So some friends had convinced me to come out and try uh, downhill mountain biking, and I did. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And that's that forever changed my my mindset cross-country versus downhill mountain biking. And for me, both. I loved them both. I loved the workout, but I'm like, there's a whole other world here in the downhill scene. Right. So, which a little misnomer, if you've never downhill mountain bike before, you think that it's not really a workout and it is a total workout still. Oh, oh, absolutely. Just a completely it, different one than pedaling your bike uphill. Yeah. Because when you're downhill mountain biking, you know, the proper stance you want to be, you're not sitting down in your saddle, right? You're standing up the whole time. So you're, you know, you're firing those quad muscles and, and you are getting a workout. You're going around berms, you're hitting jumps. So you're. You're working your body. Right. It's like surfing, right? You, you know, surfers are having fun out there on the ways, but they're working, they're out working the whole for time, it. for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, So I raced. I did some racing, some downhill racing. And then when I sold the business, that was, at, that was in 2000. I had, um, that same year, I had gone out to Whistler, and I saw what they were doing. Yeah, cool. And I'm like, Wow. This is a whole different world than what's happening on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So that was like right around the early 2000s. And, I, and and that's what gave me the idea. I was 37 years old. I said, this is, if I'm going to 
be involved in the bike park business. Now is the time. I have the capital. I'm still relatively young at 37 years old. And I could see doing this for a very long time. And the East Coast needs a bike park like what they were building out at Whistler. Yeah. So you've come, you had your own high-tech business with your family. You sold it. You got inspiration through downhill racing and through going to Whistler. How did you land on Highland? And and we should we should say Highland was a defunct ski area at the time that had closed for business and was kind of just a, a skeleton here on the on the hillside in Northfield, New Hampshire. So you go to Whistler, you come home. New England needs. We deserve to have something like that here. Now you find Highland. What? How, how does that take place? Okay, so I've, yeah, I found Highland in 2003. It was the uh, spring of 2003. And I came up here with a group of my friends that I was riding with at the time and still ride with. And we, we just, it, it, we had the blinders off. So we walked around the entire property. There was still snow on the property. But... It's so hard to to do that and not be overwhelmed with the potential that this property had. It was it was the right it was the Goldilocks property. It was the right distance outside of a major metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston is an hour and twenty. There's five point six million people within eighty five mile radius of right. this property, right? And it's right off of ninety three. So all of these things were on my mind. I had looked at other properties. That didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And when I found this, actually a friend of mine was a real estate attorney down in Mass. He's the one that told me about it. And he said, Mark, you should buy Highlands Mountain Ski Area. I know you're looking for a place to do your mountain bike park. And I said, where is that? And he's like, oh, it's up in Northfield, New Hampshire. And he said, all right, well, I'll take a ride up there. And so here, you know... It was absolutely perfect. He was right. It was it was the it was this the gem that I was looking for. And little did I know, you know, moving forward, and once we started actually digging in the ground, the dirt is perfect. It's this right. perfect clay, right. which is which is awesome for building a bike park. There's not a lot of ledge. And so that was just coincidence. That was that just was lucking told, out. I didn't even know. Wow. I had no idea. I mean, wow. I knew you know. I, I knew what I rode at the time. There was right. rocks involved, but from a a practical standpoint, being able to build in this on this land, it worked out to to be you know the right choice. And that was just by pure luck. Pure luck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So then you come here, purchase the place. How do you set up operation? I know that you, you had to do a lot of work to the lodge and everything. Fortunately, you had a good chairlift that was still in operation. But how do you go from a ski area to all of a sudden you've got, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of time between 2003 and 2018 and where we're sitting here right now. And the park today is completely different than what it was when you purchased it, obviously. But how do you begin this project? Because you've got Ski Hill. You've got flat trails that really have maybe a little bit of undulation, but you can't just point it down the hill and ride your bike straight down. You got to build the trails. You have to build a system here. You have to build a network. So how do you go from that to where you have today? Well, 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, the first thing, the first thing is we didn't tell anybody. We meaning my uh, my original group of friends, and 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 some of them are actually still here helping me build this place. The original group, we realized that it was important to get the facility up and get it get it to a point where it was if the general public's going to come and visit us they're not going to be uh feeling like they're you know they're going to get bitten by a rat or step on a piece of glass or something sure. you know so was it in it, that it, much it, of shambles it, here yeah, yeah it was pretty bad okay <laughs> I, I think we had we had a uh, uh some some squatter living in in our uh, lodge building and there was a squatter living up on the hill so okay. and this was this the was Highland a, Mountain Man, the Highland Mountain Man, call him whatever you want to call. Him. And and there were the the four wheeler, the uh, the four wheeler guys, you know, just like oh, they would just tear around it, on the tear property. up and down the property and 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 just you know, yeah, because nobody like was watching them. No, 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 not at all. And and so yeah, when I got here with 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 my group, we sort of scared that away. You know, mm-hmm. we started to once you start to get into it, then people are interested like well what's going on up there and so right. you know the good people the people that want to support a project are around and spreading starting to spread the word but we were real careful about not letting sort of the outside world know about it until it was ready until yeah. it was time yeah and smart yeah so we didn't want to say hey yeah we got a mountain bike park coming and, and it, because we didn't we really i didn't know i mean i could have got into this a year and said you know i i quit this is this is too much work this mm-hmm. is costing me too much money sure but everything felt right, you know. We, I, we, we actually looking back, we did it the right way. We started and we renovated the buildings and we built for the first year before we opened three trails. Okay, cool. So that was the goal. It was like let's not try to build twenty trails. Right. Let's just try to get the lift working. Let's let's make a nice facility that people will feel comfortable coming to, and let's just build the first generation of trails and not try to just go too crazy. Mm-hmm. And if people like it on opening day, when we cut the ribbon and let people in, then great, we'll take it to the next level. So how long did it really take before you felt that this place was at that point that you could start taking it to the next level? I mean, was it was it you cut the ribbon and it was immediate? Did it take a couple of years? Did it take bringing on a few other people to kind of add some more experience to the gravity-fed mountain biking world? Like, what, what, what was the next steps here? All right, so right out of the gate, it was opening day, and I remember, I think there were 70 people that showed up, and it was, which <laughs> was awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. And we had the night before, this punk kid came in on his four-wheeler, his quad, and launched it at the worst possible place on one of the trails. So we couldn't open that trail. Oh, man. And then we had our other trail, which is actually uh, any style. Underneath the chairlift. Still to today. Yeah, it's been modified. Modified, quite a bit, yeah, sure. But the first generation of it, it was real slimy, so we couldn't open it. Oh. It was early, you know, it was really, it was actually early, it was late June when we opened it, was it just but it was just, greasy. it was wet, it was greasy, we couldn't open it. Mm-hmm. And so we had one trail. And I remember this guy was in the lift line complaining. He said, Oh, yeah, they. They promised they were going to open with three trails, and they only did one. So Which that one guy was there. Oh, oh, man. And I'm like, oh, that's it. We're doomed. You know, it was gloom and doom from that point. I'm like, all right, well, I tried. You know, we all tried. And and, and then uh, 
we managed to get the quad out of the way about an hour later and the trail on any style dried up and and then then the vibe changed everybody was like just blown away yeah cool you gotta be kidding me this exists in our area and so that inspired me to say okay there's something here so you finished that day with all three trails open we finished that day with all three trails we finished within an hour and a half but i was so new at this i was green like i don't Today, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Right. You know, we're going to make mistakes and things are going to happen. And I've just learned over and over after the thousands and thousands of hours of doing this, you just you just sort of get numb to some of that stuff because mm-hmm. it's it fixes itself. You, you know, you're, you, I don't wake up in the morning going, hmm, how can I make this, you know, this park crappy today? You know, and none of us, none of the team <laughs> does here that. does right, that. Right. right? So. Back then, I just didn't know any better. I was I was intimidated. I couldn't believe this guy was having such a horrible experience, and 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 I was just you know I just threw up my hands. Hmm. But then at the end of the day, like I said, they, everybody was just like, "Wow, this, this place is really cool." So by the end of the year, we had built two more trails, and and one of the trails we built, which is Fancy Feast, was oh, our was our cool. quote quote green circle trail. Yeah, but. Now that trail is actually one of our more difficult blue square trails. Right. So we, you know, the green circle trail, our mindset back then was a lot different than what a true green circle trail should be today. And I want to, I definitely want to get into that because I think what you're doing here with, with progression for riders is, is huge and it's been instrumental and we'll definitely get into some of that a, a, a bit here because I think it is again, an area where, I think you and your team here are really kind of helping to lead the the industry on how you can build progressive mountain bike parks to teach never evers all the way up to seasons, you know, veteran riders a wide variety of skills. But I, I kind of um, before we get there, there's a couple things that you guys have done here over the years that have really. I think helped um, even just grow the sport of, of gravity fed mountain biking, slope style, free riding, downhill. So when, when, when I first came here, I came here to witness the Claymore challenge and that was in 2009, eight. No, my first time here was 2009. Okay. But your first one was 2008, right? Right. And I had never seen, I mean, I'd seen, you know, Decline Magazine, I'd seen some of the videos and so forth, but I had never seen anything in person quite like what I had seen that day. And that's what first got me, you know, being an avid cyclist my whole entire life and a mountain biker since I was 12 years old, it took me until I was in my early 30s to start anywhere close to downhill and free ride style mountain biking. It was because seeing the Claymore Challenge here. So you have... And I think it's safe to say that that the slope style course that's here that was built for the Claymore Challenge is is one of the very first permanent slope style courses in the country. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I believe I believe you're right on that. Um, I so just just so um, just to, to to give you a, a little bit of the backstory of why that slope style course exists exists today perfect that's yeah that's what i'm hoping for here yeah so so we so my in 2007 actually it was 2006 we hosted a race that was our opening year we opened in 2006 to the public and the guy who won the race was this guy named dave smootalk he was a college student 
And he, I just remember his style on the race course. It was a rainy day, and I watched him drop what we call the reef drop. And he dropped this thing. He landed, and he starts to slide out. But at the same time, I thought he was going to just crash horribly. He's ripping off his tearaway goggles. And he gets his hands back on the bike, and right in front of him, is the half pipe. We had actually incorporated a half pipe <laughs> into the race course. And he, he slides around the slime, drops into the race, into the, the half pipe. I'm like, man, this kid knows how to ride. And then he, and he actually won the course. He won the race for that day at the fastest time. So I had, I had a conversation with him afterwards because I wasn't happy with the way we were building jumps. And I felt as though they were, uh, they just weren't, they didn't have the right radius. They didn't have the right takeoff. People were getting bucked. You really had to know how the jump worked in order to hit the jump safely. So it's fine if it's your buddy's backyard and you can figure the jumps out. But when you're opening jumps to the public, you want to make sure they ride right. Right. So I sat down with, with Dave because I knew, first of all, I knew he was a good rider, but I talked to a few other people in between that time and they said yeah dave is also he he knows how to jump he's a he's a dirt bike or dirt uh, jumper guy and he's been in competitions so i said dave would you be interested in working for highland and helping us sort of take this thing to the next level and you know building the free ride trails and the jump trails and he's like yeah sure um so the first project was to build a a legit jump park yeah, okay. All right, sure. So we built Dave. That was his first project when he came to Highland. We cleared an area that used to be their beginner, the beginner slope back in the ski area days. And we built the jump park, which is now actually a beginner slope again. We moved the jump park, but that's long So is that where Central Park is that, now? That's Central Park, okay. exactly. Okay. Central Park is uh, um, is designed for you know entry-level skiers right. or, or Riders. Riders. It was designed for entry-level skiers at the it day. It was the bunny slope at the, the bunny slope. Start. It had yeah, a handle yeah. toe. I mean, yeah. it's, we, it's had a handle toe for the longest time. We finally took it out. Um, but we used a lot, utilized that originally as our jump park. Gotcha. And it was um, that was the first project. And then I said to Dave, I remember, I was looking at a magazine, and it was... Um, Woodward had built a BMX course, a slope-style course, down in their facility in Pennsylvania. And it was in a magazine. I don't remember what the magazine was. And I'm like, I pointed to it. I said, Dave, can we build this? And he just laughed. And he's like, that's that's a lot of work. Yeah, but we can build that. (laughs) And so in 2008, early 2008, we started construction on the the slope-style course that we hosted the Claymore Challenge on. Very cool. And so Dave was your first guy that kind of had that knowledge in that how to build a proper jump line, how to make it to where there was the proper takeoff, the proper transitions and the landings to be able to not only clear a jump safely, but then also transition into the next and have an actual jump line, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that, you know, we, when you build a proper jump line, it's a lot about, you want to make sure the speed's right. Right. So if the speed's not right, you're overshooting, you're undershooting, and you have to take into consideration all the different styles of bikes and suspension. But if you take an average situation where um, 
you're coming into a jump with a suspension bike. And Dave, this is something I always remember. He said, you know, your bike starts to, the suspension starts to load up as you hit the front of the jump. And if it's, if the jump face isn't quite long enough to absorb that energy before you hit the air, it's going to buck you. It's going to buck you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a lot more to it. There's right. different radius, radiuses you can put on a, on a jump face to pop you up higher in the air or send you longer, depending on, you know, what, what the trail is or, or a part, what, what jump you're actually hitting and the speed you're taking. But, um, yeah, he's, he's the guy that, that definitely changed how we build jumps mm-hmm. at the mountain. Now, I mean, it's, we've got a, a great trail crew that understands that and, and, right. you know, guys have come out of the woodwork since then and, and helped us, uh, you know, build, build trails. So now you have, and that has kind of has led to the Highland Trails, which is another company of yours, right? That is out there, not only building the trails here, but is now also building trails elsewhere and is a contracted company that goes out to help build trails, correct? That's right. And so, and I think if I, if I remember, because Dave and I have talked briefly about this before, they're actually part of, partly responsible for the um, uh, Red Bull Rampage course, correct? Right. So that's a Highland Trails project. That is. And that's, so Dave, getting back to Dave, we could actually turn this into the Dave Smutel store if you want to. <laughs> but he, he's been very interested. He's the VP of Highland Mountain right now, and for good reasons. Um, so Dave, after you know the whole slope style experience, he knows a lot of people in the industry, a lot of the pro riders, a lot of the industry people. He sure. introduced me to a lot of people. We'd go out to Las Vegas during the during Interbike bike, show, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we'd hang out, and he'd introduce me to just all his buddies who he r- rode with in these competitions. Um the origin, one of the original slope style courses was uh, actually was bike magazine had uh, funded a slope style course or a slope style competition called monster park. Yes. And Dave competed in monster park. He, uh, I think it was maybe Marquette, Michigan was the first one. And then even uh, maybe it was snowshoe held the, one of the second or third ones. And I forget the sequence, but it was from those courses and Dave riding other courses that inspired him to um, design the Claymore course or to design it the way it is. Right. Because if you look at the course, if you look at that slope, it's narrow. And from a bike standpoint, it's steep. Mm-hmm. You know, from a skiing standpoint, it's not that steep. From a bike standpoint, it's it's steep. So steep and narrow, the logical thing is to build the, the terrain or the trail back and forth across the terrain mm-hmm. rather than straight down the terrain. So I think one of the experiences he had, and this isn't saying it's right or wrong, but when he was competing, there was a lot of uh, features that were straight on. Yeah, gotcha. You know, so high speed yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of features. Um, whereas he took, you know, there's a little bit of that, but a lot of the course is more technical mm-hmm. and there's options. You know, he wanted to open it for multiple options so you could – you know, do a jump one way or transfer from one jump to the other. Right, and so right. he, so it, it, that was the whole goal when he built that course, utilize what we have a relatively steep, narrow terrain and crisscross a, b- a bunch of times back and forth across the trail and then put uh, features that you can hit multiple ways. So taking sort of the technical aspect of, uh, of the terrain, adding some flow, adding a bunch of features that have all kinds of transitions that you can transfer from one to the other, 
And lo and behold, it becomes this pretty amazing course that has a ton of pros coming to it. But so you have that arm and you have this Highland Trails, but you guys also offer a whole bunch of other uh, it's not all about the pros here. I know that that's a, that's a big thing and the number of pros that I've seen come through, but a lot of them come and help out with another project that you guys do, which is the Highland camps and their, their guest counselors or guest coaches during the summer camps program for all the kids that are here, which is super cool because they're actually learning day in and day out from some of these, you know, I, I mean, uh, I, you know, Kyle straight was here and I, there was a ton of, a ton of riders here this summer that I was like, Holy crap, that guy's like, I would, as a kid, I would have loved to have been here and learning from that seasoned pro on how to ride my bike. So you guys do the camps programs, which has, I mean, everything from, and, and we're recording this, uh, today's, today's Thursday, September 20th, which this podcast will probably come out after the weekend, but I mean, you have the women's free ride festival this weekend. There are a ton of things that you're doing to also incorporate that downhill mountain biking is for everybody, not just the pros who are going to hit the slope style course, which is cool is what we all want to aspire to, but not all of us are there. So tell us about the camps. Tell us about that program. Yeah. Um, well, you, you, you hit it right. I mean, I, in order to have a bike park, now, if you're thinking, if you put your business cap on, you'd say, well, how do we sustain this thing? If I was Bill Gates and I had endless supplies of money, I could just keep building it for the pros or for advanced riders. And But from a business standpoint, that doesn't make any sense. Right. It, it also doesn't make any sense because I really want to see more people get into the sport. You know, how do you, how do you get people into a sport that's intimidating? You drive into this parking lot, the first thing you see is that slopestyle course. Right. What mom isn't going to want to turn her car around and drive out of this parking lot and say, right. no way, Junior, you're not going to Highland Mountain. So early on, right when we started this park, there was, I knew we had to make this for the masses. And it didn't make sense in 2006 because there wasn't the a lot of people didn't know about downhill mountain biking. Sure. In 2018, if I had to do this all over again, I would build it for the masses. And that's one thing is Highland Trails. When I put my Highland Trails sales hat on and I go out and I sell a a Highland Trails business, that's what I tell the CEO or the general manager or the operations director at any resort or any property. Listen, you have to think about building this thing for the masses. You're going to be putting capital. You want that return on your investment, and you want it as quick as possible. And the way to do that is through your families, your moms, your dads, women, men, everybody. Mm -hmm. Younger, older, you need to cater to the masses. And the way to do that is by building a trail that is a first-time trail, building a bike program that's a first-time bike program that's affordable, that gives them all the equipment, that gives them a lesson to try it. So I could walk in off the street with my jeans on and my T-shirt, and we're going to equip you for the day. And everybody that's doing a bike park should do the same thing. So that program, that training program, goes hand-in-hand with that trail that's designed to get the first-time rider. So they're like, wow, this is really cool, and this is for my family. So from that point, 
you talked about the progression. Right. Not everybody's going to want to stay in a beginner program or not everybody's going to want to stay on the beginner trail. Right. Just like the ski industry. Right. Imagine just having double black diamond trails. Hey, I'm going to open a ski resort and I'm, I'm just going to have double black diamond trails. Right. The ski resort guys know that, you know, and they know that they, oh, well, it's similar to a mountain bike. Yeah, I guess we have to do the same thing. They might not necessarily understand what a beginner mountain bike trail is. They certainly didn't back in the 90s. Right. Absolutely. You know, your fire roads with water bars and loose rock is not a family friendly trail. No. That was hurting a lot of people. Right. So when you design a real family-friendly trail and you design a real family-friendly program or beginner-friendly, first-timer-friendly, then you open the door to the masses. And then you have progression all along the way to the point where, well, maybe someday you have a slope-style course like the Claymore course. And you have people like Brandon Seminock or Kyle Strait or Tyler McCall, Cam McCall, those guys descending on your mountain and saying, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. But you also have the first-time rider doing the same thing, going, wow, this is, this is amazing. I, I, I had no idea it would be this fun. And then everybody in between. And that's really cool because I, I think that that's something that, you know, from, from, the, from the ski industry side, we, we do understand that. You, you, have, you have a programmatic option for people who have never – never skied or snowboard before and they hop into a program and they start learning from day one. And, you know, I think one of the fun things over the past couple of years for me coming here to Highland has been the fact that it is easy to go onto a green circle trail and have fun and get that sort of woohoo smile going on if you've never experienced it before. But it, what's been really enjoyable is slowly progressing up. And you mentioned Fancy Feast earlier. You know, that was one of your green circles to start with, and now it's a blue square. And that is that is the next step for a lot of people is to go from Freedom Trail, which is your green circle. And um, you know, there's a couple other ones that you have there. But then they progress up to whether it's cat paw, Cat's Paw or, or Fancy Feast, and they start learning, okay, here's a little bit of how you ride tech. And downhill. Here's a little bit of how you handle transfers and jumps and small, smaller drops on on cat's paw, working your way up to be able to hit some of the black diamonds, and that's super cool. And I think what's even what's even really cool about it is, is that you actually talk about this with ski areas now. You 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 go to some of the some of the conventions that the NSAA, the National Ski Area Association, puts on to talk about how you build progression into your bike parks to a lot of the skiers. You mentioned it briefly, but I mean, you're, that's a part of, I think what it makes Highland so special is that you guys are really about building this sport and building it the right ways, giving people the opportunity to learn at their level, at their comfort rate on how to get into gravity mountain biking. And speaking from experience as a trail rider, Coming here, doing some downhill mountain biking has improved my trail riding more than I would have ever thought it could. Just from following different lines and looking at the way that a trail is shaped and how you can hit a corner a little bit faster or, you know, transition off of a, off of a, you know, a, a, a water bar or, you know, a, a hump in the trail. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and that's just, I think it's, again, one of the things that makes it, makes it pretty special here at Highland. Um, so 
I know we talked a little bit about about Dave Smutak and how he's really been part of the the uh, the team here that's really built the success of of Highland. Who else is here? Who else has really helped build the success here? Because you've got quite the team here. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't. Mark Hayes wouldn't be here building a mountain bike park if it was just Mark Hayes. <laughs> yeah, there, sure. there are. An amazing there's a there is an amazing management team in place. Here it is, 2018. Everybody from so what is a bike park really? What what does it take to build a bike a bike park? Well, from a management side, from or from the office management side, it takes somebody that's good in the finance world. And Julie, she's been with me for years now, just keeping an eye on the numbers putting the numbers together, right. presenting them to right. me so I can understand them. You need a bike shop. So people want to rent bikes. So I've got this guy, Don. He's or, down in the bike or, shop. Or fix their bike. Or fix their bike. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, when you're in the bike park business, you're really in the rental bike business. Yeah, sure. Because a substantial amount of revenue comes from renting bikes. Yeah, yeah. The other side of the sense. revenue from the bike shop comes from retail, mm-hmm. from selling helmets and pads and all that. It's only a small percentage of the of the revenue comes from actually servicing bikes. But you need to have that because people are in a panic when they shear off a derailleur on right. Hellion. Right. They want that derailleur on. And it's not like what's so amazing about our bike shop is we have a, an awesome team of people that can fix the bikes quick. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a salesman here, but this is the truth. You want to put those people back on the trail. You can't grab their bike and say, oh, yeah, I'll have this done next Thursday. Right. No, I want to, I want to maybe eat some right lunch then. Yeah. and then go take it back out. So we have to respond like that. And, and, and so then from a camp standpoint, I've got Chris, who's running the camps department. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's been awesome just keeping that team going. And a big part of the camps department is the Find Your Ride program. Right. right, getting the new riders in. Right, understanding what the new riders, how to process the new rider and not intimidate them. Just greeting them, you mm-hmm. know, teaching his coaches how to greet people, teaching them how to go over the basics of the bike, and putting a program together that's not too much, so that you know people just glass over and say, "Oh, this is boring." I, I right. you know, you got a, a certain amount of time to grab that person. Keep them interested and get them on the trails. Build their confidence. Build their confidence. Ease their uh, their intimidation or their their you know uh, uh, hesitation with getting into a sport like this. For sure, for sure, and and you know that's and and that that's what's growing the sport. It's that training part of it. Of course, it's the trail part. I've got James and trails, right? Who's who's directing a whole trail team, right? He's the one that I go off site with, and when I talk to um, XYZ Mountain Resort, or even some private landowner or, or a, a municipal, I bring him with me, and we go and we map out trails. And he's just really good at it. This is what he does. He's got thousands and thousands. He's a master trail. But yeah, we broke the trail building down into like almost like a trade. The way the trades look at it, like if we're a plumber or an electrician, start off the the entry level trail builder is a as an apprentice. Right, so the oh, smart, okay, and then yeah, the yeah, next yeah. level is a journeyman, yeah, and the next level is a master. So, what does it take to be a journeyman? So, you're help growing the next crop of really talented trail. That's what here. we need. Yeah, that's what we that's need. Awesome. We need a, a a governing body of some sort that can say, okay, you're a, you're a, an apprentice, right. you're a journeyman. That's us right now. That's we great. know our team and who we put where, 
hey, you don't just throw somebody in a in an excavator and say, oh, go, right? You know, build a cat's paw trail. Right. It's one of our trails. We 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 train them. They have to put several hours in. You know, to be an electrician, it doesn't. You don't just be an electrician after a weekend. Right. So James is ahead of, ahead of the trail department. Um, Carrie, she's she's taking care of the retail. You know, she's she's the one that uh, is the, the full retail from the tickets to the uh, to, to the to the store, the Highland mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a big that's an important part of it. So you put all this that food and beverage. Olivia stepped up this year and is just running food and beverage, and and she's. She's awesome, you know. She just I, so I have this team that's just this amazing team of people, and I, 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 you know, obviously I could go on for hours and talk about everybody. They, it's just tough to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I think the breadth of it here is that you have a you have an operation mm-hmm. here that covers every single base of the needs of somebody who's coming to Highland mountain bike park for the first time, or somebody who's been coming here and has been a season pass holder since you opened. Right. right? right. And it's that full experience. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's not just about riding the bike here, although that's why you come here. You've also got, you mentioned, you know, the food and beverage, you've got the Highland pub now right. and it's a cool place to just go and hang out and almost have that, that app scene like you would at a ski area. You now have right here at Highland where, I mean, and, and I, and I, I kind of want to ask you because you and I have, have talked a few times about music and so forth. You have great live local music playing here. You've got good craft beer. So it's more than just the bikes for you. And I think that's great because you're you're building an experience here. So, what's that experience? Why, you know, why is that important for you? What's what's the driving force here behind Mark Hayes having a place where anybody, regardless of their skill level, can come and enjoy a full day of not just riding their bike, but also enjoying some good food and having great company and live entertainment. What what drives you to do this? Well, that's that's what I like. I like live music. I like musicians, talented musicians. I like good beer, craft beer. What mountain biker doesn't like good craft beer? It just goes. It goes with the. It goes with the lifestyle. (laughs) It it sure does. It's 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 that. It's you put all these things together, and it it creates a vibe. You know, obviously the heart and soul is those trails. You go ride the trails, but you could have a real stale, stuffy environment with lots of just nitpicky rules it's going to just ruin the vibe sure but if you're if you have i'm just creating and my team's helping me create this atmosphere that's laid back that's fun people want to have a good time when they come here and i think the other thing that really helps with the vibe is we're just a bike park that's all we are we don't have all these other things not to say those are bad we're not a ski resort i love skiing you know it's like People have asked me, what do you like better, skiing or mountain biking? For the longest time, I'm like, I like skiing. I like skiing. You asked me that today. I'm like, geez, I, uh, that's a tough one because yeah. I've had the powder days and ski, yeah. and I have the dirt powder days on, on bikes. So the vibe itself being just a bike park, people come here. They know what they're getting. You know, there's not conflicting. Uh, there's not others that are, that are uh, well, I'm, you know, I don't know who these people are, you know, these bikers are, we're, you know, going to the blah, blah, blah park or the water park or we're going to do. So we've got that advantage. Sure. 
maybe there's a disadvantage because we don't now have those people that we could get into the sport. But from a vibe standpoint, we have that advantage. We're just biker. You know what you're getting into. And and the people that are coming here are biker people. Right. So music and beer and trails. I mean, that's... You just completely the package. You got the package right there. Yeah. So... What has been the most significant thing? So you, you, you purchased the place in 2003. You opened for business in 2006. So you've had Highland for 15 years now. You've been operating Highland for 12. Open to the public for 12. 13. 13. This is 13 this year. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. What has been the most significant thing that you've learned in that time frame? Wow. That's a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh man. Business. It's, um, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's been a tough ride. I knew going into this, I probably won't get to ride as much as I used to. The whole reason I'm here is because I like to ride, but now I'm here and how do I keep it going? How do I keep myself in that chair and I'm pointing over to my office chair because we're in my office, but over to the chair, how do I keep (laughs) myself in there? I've got a window looking at the slope style course Mm -hmm. and not just running downstairs and getting on my bike. That's a challenge. So I have to put blinders on sometimes because I have to work. Otherwise, this thing will not, it, it'll fall apart. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't make itself work. It doesn't make itself work. And so I had to make a major sacrifice in creating something, turning my passion into a business. The, sac- the sacrifice is your passion. But now the upside of that is the business itself. I've learned so much about business and just being challenged. I like being challenged. After being challenged for so many years, in business it it's 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 just it feels i i cannot i have to i just have to keep going you know i say i'm i'm 52 years old now i was 37 when i started this business i'm 52 years old i was 22 when i started my high tech business so i've had a lot of this has been in my blood for a long time sure. business ownership the yeah. ups and downs of business ownership the cash flow issues that every business goes through the capital issues where am i going to get the next round of capital to be able to do blah 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 over right, here right right you know wishing i could do this if only i had you know the magic wand if i could just go blong i'd finish any style top to bottom it'd be the <laughs> most insane trail ever but that might not be the most realistic thing at this point in the business. Right. Sure. You know, because I have to balance all of these things. Right. So, you know, I guess the biggest challenge would be just not being able to ride my bike as much, but still loving what I'm doing. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, so what keeps you going? What is your, what, what, what inspires Mark Hayes to keep going when, when you've got to put yourself in that chair and turn your back to the slope style that's, that's right out your window, what keeps you going? What keeps you focused? You know, you know, the coolest thing is there's a lot of kids that ride this park now. 
just so many young kids, shredders. And when I'm walking from my office to the lodge, because I have to check on something over at the lodge, or I have to meet someone over there, or I'm just walking over there because I have to get out of my office, and somebody stops me. If it's a little kid, are you Mark Hayes? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for building this. Um, that's awesome. That is the, the, one of the coolest, and adults do it too. Sure. But here's the next generation. Here's the, right. here's the person right. that's going to keep this industry alive, right? Saying that at such a young age, having, you know, just having the guts to come up to an adult and, 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 and a business owner and just be so overwhelmed by what they have. You know, that being this bike park. That's very cool. And thanking me for it. So yeah. those are, just that alone can continue to motivate me to take this thing to the next level. Yeah. You know, if everybody, if I'm walking across the, to the lodge and everybody's looking at me saying, what is this pile of junk you've created? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think you'd be celebrating your 13th year of opening <laughs> or operating here. <laughs> no, no, sir. So... I think what you have here is 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 truly special and you know from from I guess your point of view what is it that you think Highland really is for the the listener here of of New England dirt what is what is the reason if they've never tried downhill mountain biking before what is it that you have here that they should take their Saturday and come on up here and, and, and give you a try. Something for everybody. If, you, if you've never done it before, we have that package I was talking about, the Find Your Ride, mm-hmm. which gives you your bike and your, your lesson. It's a one, like one hour and 15-minute lesson, and that gives you the ticket to ride the park. It puts you on the right trail, the perfectly beginner trail, if you're an experienced rider that likes to hit dirt jumps, that has a hardtail dirt jumper, we have that. Mm-hmm. If you like slope style, we have that. If you like technical trails, we have technical trails. We have free ride trails, machine built, flowy. Mm-hmm. People call them flow trails or free ride trails. So it's just a variety of trail systems, something for everybody. And so whether you're the first time, first timer on this property, or you're the best rider in the world. If you're leaving this property and you're having, you just had the best day, then we know, you know, we did it. We 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 managed to do it, and that's and that's what we've built. So for the people out there that are listening to this, if you've never been here before, and you've never actually ridden a downhill mountain bike, we have something for you. If you are an experienced person or anybody in between that, we have it for you too. Right. Right. And, and we'll link a lot of things here in the show notes for you, but listeners, you should check out, there are, we talked about the Highland camps for a bit. There are camps for kids. There are camps for adults. There are camps that are designed for the beginner who doesn't want to just do the find your ride program and take an hour lesson. They want to take a lesson for a whole entire weekend. There are programs just for women here. There is, there is. Something, as Mark says, for everybody. This is a complete package here. And if you are a regular mountain biker, just, just you know, you're an XC rider, 
um, you're still going to learn a lot that's going to improve your XC riding. It is absolutely amazing to me. I'm a trail rider and I love riding technical trails, but I love hitting, you know, the machine built flow trails that are all around too. And the amount of skill that I've developed just riding a downhill bike here, it's, it's been surprising to me. So I, I definitely highly recommend listener that if you've, if you've never given it a try, give it a try, come here, get your feet wet in downhill mountain biking. You'll, you won't regret it. Um, and go to highlandmountain.com, find more information out about the park. There's a ton of things going on here. Tons of events, live music, great food and beer. Just if you want to even hang out, bring your kids up here, let them go ride and you can hang out and have a good beer and a good burger and call it a day. Um, but, uh, there, there's, there's just a lot going on here, Mark. And I, I, I think what you've done is amazing. Thank you for taking the time to, to talk about it with me today. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Ben. And thank you for the opportunity to share, share my story. So, uh, one last question. You think, uh, the Claymore challenge will ever come back or an iteration of it? Wow. Well, if it's going to come back, now seems to be the right moment in time for it to come back. Yeah. It'd be cool to see it again. I mean, I saw Cam McCall throw a front flip right in front of me, and it was like one of those moments that I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and and today in, in uh, you know, 2018, 2019, with the um, just the growth of the sport, with all the families, all these kids – you know, these amazing 10, 11, 12-year-old riders, kids hitting that course, whipping out the free bird, which is the big jump at the bottom. That's, yeah. Super impressive to, to see. I mean, this has happened over the course of the last five or six years. It's really just accelerated. So imagine now bringing back the Claymore Challenge in, in, in two, not 2000, say, 19. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be a cool time to it do it. It would be a cool time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Mark, for joining me. Appreciate it. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll post a whole bunch of links in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about uh, what they've got going on here at Highland Mountain Bike Park, the camps, the trails, the training, all the options here, uh, check out the show notes. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to email me at nedirt at mountainbikeradio.com or shoot me a note on Instagram. It's at mtbben603 and uh, love to hear from you and uh, again thanks for joining us on the show today